A tax collector and a Pharisee went up to the temple to pray. What's that sound like? <laughs> Priest, a rabbi, and a minister walked into a bar. I went online to see um, about good priest, minister, and rabbi jokes that I could tell, and there aren't any that I can tell today. They're good, they're good, but I can't tell them. Um, <clears throat> priest, a minister, and a rabbi walked into a bar, and the bartender looked at him and said, what is this, a joke? That, that's, that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to be here all week, too. Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 as I read the jokes, it, it struck me that um, the, uh, the, usually the priest gets the good lines, the, the rabbi gets the good lines, the priest is the butt of the jokes, and the minister is just kind of a third wheel. In, in several of the jokes, the minister doesn't even appear. It seems like real life. Um, but we know that. I mean, you know, uh, you can put a lot, of, um, a lot of characters that are opposites into this story. A uh, tax collector and a Pharisee went up to the temple to pray. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell went, to, went into a bar. Oh, we know where that's going. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a reconciling uh, Methodist and a uh, Wesley Covenant Association member went into a bar. Well, you know, they wouldn't do that. Uh, but we know, we know where, where that's going to go. Um, a Democrat and a Republican went into a bar. You know, when we hear those lines, we immediately go to our stereotypes. And when we go immediately to our stereotypes, there's something of a, of a yada, yada, yada. You know, we know what's gonna, how the person's going to behave. And the joke is in that they, they don't behave that way. So uh, a tax collector and a Pharisee went into the temple to pray. In the first century, here's how they would have heard it. The tax collector is the bad guy. The tax collector collaborates with the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is the occupying army. You know, in order to keep the peace, it crucifies people. It taxes the, the, the Jews very heavily. And the tax collector collaborates with the Romans. So he is hated. Um, and he's not considered a marginal person. He's considered a sinner. You know, and bear in mind that the temple in which he's praying, the Romans on occasion raided the temple treasury to pay for their projects. So this guy is a sinner and he is hated. Just a, an indication of, of how people saw tax collectors to be such sinners is that in the Zacchaeus story, uh, which follows almost immediately after this one, Zacchaeus says, I will give back fourfold all that I have defrauded. Well, actually, the law required that you pay back twofold for all that you defrauded. Just because tax collectors were considered so dishonest, 
if they just said, I'll, I'll repay what I defrauded, that would be a lie. And, you, you know, just to cover the bases, you had to pay double. But, but Zacchaeus pays four times. Uh, that's, the, that's the gravity of their, their sinfulness. So he would have been the bad guy. He would have been booed. The Pharisee, on the other hand, would have been the good guy in this, in this parable. Um, the Pharisees were, would have been considered the liberal party, the liberal wing of, of Judaism at the time. They were the people that, that walked the walk and talked the talk. They, they did what they say. They, they really weren't the hypocrites we make them out to be. They would have been generous uh, with their money. Uh, they, they were people who tried to adapt Scripture to the current day. They, didn't, they weren't real legalists uh, and literalists. They, they, they were kind of flexible in their interpretation of Scripture. So people would have looked up to them. And this prayer that the Pharisee prays is, is almost exactly out of Deuteronomy 26. Uh, you know, Deuteronomy 26 says, when you take your offering to the priest, say to the priest, I bring my offering. I bring a tenth of my produce and my income. And then say to the priest, my father was a wandering Aramean who went down into Egypt and we were enslaved and God delivered us from slavery and brought us to this land flowing with milk and honey. Therefore, I give my gift. The, person, the Pharisee is not giving his gift to earn God's love. He's giving it in response to God's love. And that's an important point. And then it goes on to say in Deuteronomy 26, when the priest takes your offering, you shall say, I have cared for the widow and the orphan and the immigrant in the land. I have cared for the oppressed. I have done all that the law commanded me to do. What we interpret as bragging would have been interpreted in the first century as gratitude. So this prayer that we get is gratitude. That's why they would have seen the Pharisee as the good guy. But he does have that, I thank you that I am not like other people. So, we can still be left with some questions in this parable. It says, the tax collector beat his breast and said, be merciful to me, a sinner, and he went down justified. I have questions about that. Um, if he goes up every time to the temple and keeps beating his breast saying, be merciful to me, a, sin uh, a sinner, be merciful to me, a sinner, I want to say to him, be quiet, Quit whining and change your job. Get a different job if you're, if you're miserable and you know you're a sinner. Get in a different line of work. I mean, my mother used to say admitting a vice doesn't make it a virtue. And it doesn't, you know. Quit your sinning. 
become a different person. With the Pharisee, I wonder if this, I thank you that I'm not like other people, can be interpreted as, there but by the grace of God go I. Have any of us ever said that? Have any of us ever thought that? Were we arrogant when we said it? Or were we grateful? Um, <laughs> somewhat related to this is one of my favorite, favorite experiences is to walk in the pride parade. And I, I love it when we get to the, the, the crest of the hill kind of by nationwide and you start to come south on um, high north north on high street down that hill into the short north and and there's just this mob this sea of people in the short north you can hardly see the street for the mob of people waiting for me to come down <laughs> you know and cheer me um, it's such a high and I, I, feel, I feel so alive when I, when I see that, that sea of people. And I do think to myself, thank God I was appointed to King Avenue. Thank God I can be in this parade without worrying and looking over my shoulder. And I feel so sorry for other ministers that are other churches, at other churches where they couldn't be in this parade. Is that pride or gratitude? So I have sympathy with the Pharisee. And I have some problems with the tax collector. Nowadays, when we hear this parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee, we flipped the roles and we flip who we cheer and we flip who we boo. Um, it's the tax collector that gets our sympathy. You know, he's humble. He knows he's a sinner. He knows his place. God can do something with him. And it's the Pharisee that comes in for our criticism and our judgment. Oh, that Pharisee is so full of himself. He's so self-righteous. He thinks he's so good. Do you see the irony that's going on here? That in the very act of judging the Pharisee, I'm being judgmental, and I'm acting like the Pharisee. It's kind of a trap parable. Yeah. As soon as I start to look down on the Pharisee for being self-righteous and full of himself, I've become like the Pharisee. And it's hard to escape from this. And it's in my lifetime, I've found people who easily pick on the Pharisee and make their sin and their humility a source of pride. Well, I'm better than that Pharisee. I'm humble. Oh, okay. Um, why did Jesus tell this parable? Luke says... Jesus told them this parable for those who regarded themselves as righteous 
and looked on others with contempt. It doesn't say he's telling this to the Pharisees. It just says, for those who looked, saw themselves as righteous and held others with contempt. That could be me. He could have told that parable for me. He could have told it for any of us. For have we never regarded ourselves as righteous and regarded others with contempt? <laughs> I think both, it's possible that both the tax collector and the Pharisee fit Jesus' description. It's hard to get out of this trap of judgmentalism. And I think that's where Paul's writing comes in so well. You know, that which I want to do, I don't, and that which I don't want to do, I do, and there's no health in me. I just can't get out of this mess of regarding myself as righteous and others with contempt. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ who gets me out of this mess. The meaning of this parable hinges on the four-letter preposition para, P-A-R-A, para, P-A-R-A. It's the word that's translated as instead of or in place of where at the end of the parable, Jesus says, and I tell you, the tax collector went down to his home justified instead of the Pharisee. It's an either or. One's righteous, one isn't. Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell went into a bar we know which one's righteous and which one isn't. The reconciling minister and the Wesley Covenant minister went into a bar. We know which one's righteous and which one's isn't. Only one can be righteous, and we know which one it is. So we read this parable as an either-or. And, you know, we get this from paralegal the person who serves in place of the lawyer, paramedic in place of the doctor. That word can also mean, para can also mean alongside. Parable is stories alongside each other. Parallel is lines alongside each other. So it could read, I tell you, this tax collector went down to his home justified alongside the Pharisee. Doesn't that change the meaning? 
Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell went into a bar and they went down to their homes alongside each other. It's no longer an either or, it's a both and. And I'm going to read justified in this parable as belonging. They went down to their homes belonging alongside each other. Boy, isn't that a different reading? And isn't that creative? And isn't that challenging? Another way of translating that para preposition is because of. The tax collector went down to his home belonging because of the Pharisee. And you can put it in for Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. They went down belonging because of each other. Have you ever been in, well, these projects where um, three or four of you in a project at work or a project at school and, you know, the group gets a grade or the group gets the bonus. Have you ever been in one of those? You have, haven't you? You know, and you, and you think, um, it's always, it, it is almost a joke, you know. Um, there's a smart person, there's an organized person, and then there's a person who never shows up. And, you know, you all get the same grade. And it doesn't seem right. But when you look at it as a community, why begrudge each other if the outcome is good? Judaism is a community religion. And the Jews of the first century believed that a negative action would have an impact on the whole community. Think of gossip and that wonderful sermon from doubt. You know, one person gossips, but it has a negative impact on the whole community and spreads throughout the whole community. Doesn't seem right, but that's how it works. And one person does good, and that impact goes through the whole community. Just for example, Mr. Huggins gave $600,000 to the church years ago for spreading and encouraging LGBTQ ministries at King Avenue and other churches. And yes, to improve the music program. And, but that one gift has had an impact for 15 years, way beyond the walls of King Ab, way beyond Columbus, way beyond the state. And I think what Jesus is saying is one person's good works, like the Pharisees, one person's good works on that project, because of that, spreads good 
And who's going to begrudge that? I mean, that's what we believe about the death and resurrection of Jesus. One person's good acts has a dramatic impact upon all of us. So we take communion and we come forward for communion. And we can look around at people coming forward for communion and think, boy, look at them. Aren't they full of themselves? And it's either him or me. It's either her or me that comes home belonging and justified. And we can be judgmental. Or we can come to communion aware that we come alongside each other. And it's both of us that feel justified. And we can even come forward feeling justified and belonging because of each other. Don't you want King Avenue to be a church where people come alongside each other and because of each other? That's a healthy community. May it be so. Amen.